Are you tired? I wonder how many times you've said this week, oh, I'm tired. I'm just so tired. When was the last time someone greeted you and said, Hi, you okay? And you said, Yeah, I'm good. I'm just tired. Are you tired in physical terms? Do you have difficulty sleeping? Do you have so much work crammed into your day that you never get much of a break? Do you feel like life is just work and sleep and work and sleep and work and sleep? Do you have maybe a medical condition that means you are constantly drained and constantly weary and it leaves you feeling deflated? Are you tired in emotional terms? Are you going through things that make your heart just ache? Are there circumstances around you that make you weep? Are there situations in life that keep you up at night? Are you lonely? Are there friends and loved ones around you suffering and you can't do anything and it burdens you? Are you tired in spiritual terms? Do you try and fail to find that one thing in life that will truly satisfy? Are you maybe not a believer in Christ and you're trying to do as much as you can to make God pleased with you? Or maybe you are a believer in Christ, but you're straining yourself to obey the Bible as best you can. Well, there was once a man who lived and then was born, who died and then lived again. The impossible man. A man who wasn't and isn't just a man, but who is the son of God in human flesh. And he said these words, Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. And if you do that, if you come, you will find rest for your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And of course, his name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So who is God? Is, is he just far off and distant? Is he disconnected from us? Is he, in, un, is he uninterested in our lives and our difficulties, our labours, our burdens? No. He came to us and calls us to come to him. So, are you tired? Well, my goal this morning is to, to both those of you who are believers in Christ and those who aren't believers in Christ, my goal is to beckon you and encourage you and convince you to be joyfully content in resting in Jesus. And I have three reasons that we're going to look at this morning. Three attempts to gain your confidence in him and what he's offering. And first is this, that your burden is totally 
ruinous. And it's ruinous in more than one way. Look at what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Does that exclude any of us? If you're weary, if you're burdened, Jesus is speaking to you. But what does it mean exactly to be weary and to be burdened? In what sense? Well, the word we have here for weary is probably better translated toiling. All you who are toiling and straining and laboring. So does that include you if you're struggling in life and and don't have any peace? Yes. Does that cover you if you're weighed down by heartache and don't have any joy? Yes. I think it includes toiling and being burdened physically, toiling and being burdened emotionally, but I think Jesus has a special emphasis in mind here. People who are toiling and burdened spiritually. So the the people Jesus is speaking to here, the people he's directly looking at those 2,000 years ago, those standing in front of him, what kind of spiritual toiling and burden would they have been facing? Well, they'd be striving and straining to keep all of the Old Testament laws and all of the Pharisees' rules. You see, in short, the Pharisees had, perhaps intentionally, maybe inadvertently, created a religious culture of strict, cold, ritualistic obedience with no true love for God himself. And they'd done that to the point where they missed much of the Old Testament. And their own ideas and preferences about the Old Testament laws had risen up to become laws themselves. So the situation in Jesus' day was this. Despite what God had said to the people, there were religious leaders and priests and Pharisees who said, this is the way for your burdens to be lifted. This is what you have to do in order to have peace. This is what you have to do in order to find God. But it was burdensome. It was totally ruinous. And what is it that we find today? Despite what God has said to us, there are religious leaders and priests and motivational speakers and gurus who say, this is the way for your burdens to be lifted. This is the way to achieve peace. This is the way to find God. And it's still just as burdensome. It's still just as ruinous. But what is it that makes it burdensome? What is it that makes it ruinous? Well, to answer that, let's look at what Jesus says about taking his yoke. And what, what is all this talk about Jesus, talk from Jesus about yokes? Is he giving out the legs? No, of course not. You may know that a yoke, this kind of yoke, is a strong wooden beam that would be around and across the necks 
of your oxen so that they would walk in the same way. So when they're plowing your fields, they won't wander off in different directions, but they'll be fixed. They'll be securely bound together. And so they will walk together. And the, the picture we have here, it's as though every one of us is bound to one yoke or another. Every one of us is bound to something that defines the way we live. And I think there, there are three main yokes that I can think of. You're either bound to the yoke of your own religious duty, or you might be bound to the yoke of your own wisdom and pride, or you might be bound to the yoke of Christ. And we'll look at that final one in a minute. But as for those two other yokes that you may be bound to this morning, your religious duty or your own wisdom and pride, how many people in this world regard both these things as so valuable and, and precious and yet both of them are burdensome and totally cumbersome and draining and they'll get you nowhere. If your yoke is your own religious duty, I, I must do this in order to earn God's favour, then you're going nowhere because the weight of your sin is so great that no amount of good can ever outweigh it. That's why it's ruinous for you to bear the heavy yoke of your own religious duty and try and plow ahead with that. Maybe you feel the weight of that this morning. Are you tired of it? Or if your yoke is your own wisdom, your own pride, saying, I'm capable alone, I can walk this path myself, I'm the sole crew member and captain of my own ship. But the ship's going nowhere. Because which of us hasn't already admitted within ourselves that we are weary and burdened and broken? And does it get rid of that emptiness in our souls and that lingering thought in our minds that maybe God will hold us account one day? And you can count on the fact that he will. That's why it is ruinous to bear the heavy yoke of your own wisdom, your own pride, and plow ahead with that, it will get you nowhere. Well, in fact, it won't get you nowhere. They, they actually take you towards your own downfall, your own destruction, your own judgment. Your burden is totally ruinous. That is the first reason for you to be convinced that you need this rest that Jesus is offering. You need this third yoke. Now what is your second reason? It's this, that the rest is totally satisfying and the rest giver is totally wonderful. 
Now, the people Jesus was speaking to, some of them were toiling and, and were weary from carrying their own religious duty. Some of them were weary and burdened from carrying their own, their own wisdom and pride. And 2,000 years later, nothing's changed, has it? The human heart is just the same. But Jesus saw their, their weariness and their toiling, and he beckoned them to leave their spiritual labor, leave their spiritual tiredness by entering the rest that he provides. And 2,000 years later, nothing's changed. Our need is just the same, but praise God that his heart towards us is just the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore as we sing with the children. Jesus says in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We said before that this probably includes being burdened physically and emotionally, but that Jesus has this special emphasis in mind of being burdened spiritually. I wonder, do you realise out of those three categories that this spiritual aspect is the most important? You can be burdened physically and still have no peace in your souls. You can be given rest physically and still have no peace in your soul. You can be given rest emotionally, but it still doesn't solve that emptiness within you. You can be given rest physically, but it won't last, and your body will soon become tired again. You can be given rest emotionally, but it won't last, and your heart will soon ache again. But to be given rest spiritually is far deeper and stronger and sweeter and more profound and everlasting. But what exactly is the spiritual rest that Jesus gives to us? What is it that he provides for someone who believes in him and trusts that he's good on his word with this. Well, the rest is this, that he has lived righteously, meaning without sin, and with goodness. And that on the cross, as he hung, dying and bleeding and suffering, what was really going on was that the Father was condemning the sin of those who trust in him, not in their bodies, but in his body on the cross. And the father crushed his own son under the full weight of his judgment and anger against them and their sin. So that when God looks at them now, their sin is forever dealt with. Their sin is forever being paid for. That is the first half of the rest, if you like, that Jesus offers, that your sins, past, present, future, 
are forever dealt with, forever paid for by your faith in his death for you. And well, what is the second half of that? What's the other side of the coin? Well, not only does the Father clothe Jesus in their sin, but the Father clothes them in his righteousness. Jesus is condemned with our sin, and we are justified with his righteousness. And so we're now adopted into the kingdom and redeemed and forgiven for eternity. That is the ultimate rest. Never again do you have to worry about your sin. Jesus has paid it all. Never again do you have to strive for God's favour because Jesus has earned his favour for you. Never again do you have to fear God as judge because he has made himself your father. Never again do you have to search for the meaning of life because Jesus has shown that everything revolves around him and that he is the meaning. Never again do you have to be weary and burdened. Jesus has given you his yoke and his rest. Well, someone might hear that and say, but wait, if he died, how can a dead man give me such rest? Well, a dead man can't. Abraham can't. Mohammed can't. Buddha can't. But a saviour who has risen from the dead, who is seated next to the Father as Lord over all creation, who's had all authority in earth and in heaven given to him, not only can he offer you this rest, but he can secure it permanently for you, never to fade away. And so that risen Jesus didn't just say 2,000 years ago, take my yoke upon you. He says it as the risen Lord today still. Take my yoke upon you. Walk with me. Be bound to me. But why? Why, why is that such a good deal? Because not only is the rest totally satisfying, but the rest giver is totally wonderful. He is gentle. He is humble. His yoke is easy and is light. I wonder, do you have a stern boss or manager? Do you have a boss who isn't gentle but is harsh? Or, or maybe you, at school, maybe you have teachers you love and teachers you never quite warm to. What do we base that on? Nine times out of ten, it's whether they're gentle with us or not. Whether they're warm and welcoming and compassionate, it's, and it's something that's in their nature. And the teachers and, and bosses we tend to dislike are ones who are grumpy and cold and, and distant. Well, that's not who God is, is it? That's not what Jesus is like. His nature is gentle. And this word for gentle is the same word in Greek that we see in Matthew 5, 5 for meek. It's 
the same word. It means someone who's not filled with any self-importance at all. And so because of that, they can joyfully, selflessly serve. That's the nature of this one who's beckoning you, to be content in resting in him. He's gentle and he's humble. Yes, he's the Lord of all creation with everything in creation underneath him and subject to him. Yet simultaneously, he chooses to draw near to us. And it's because of his gentleness and his humility that he tells us in verse 29 that we're to take his yoke and learn from him. You see, as, as you walk through this life bound to the risen Saviour, he has things to teach you on the way. As you walk together, as he teaches you through his word more and more and more, you realise how desperate you were without him. As you walk with him, he teaches you more and more how dependent you are upon this yoke and his rest. As you walk together, he teaches you more and more from his word how to become like this saviour that you're bound to in your words, in your thoughts, in your actions, in your motives. It's an easy yoke to bear. It's a light yoke to bear. Now that doesn't mean that all your struggles in life disappear. They won't. And in some cases, you might find new struggles on this walk that you wouldn't have faced if you weren't bound to Christ. But you know, despite that, you have the promise of the one who is bound to you that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you through any struggle. And we read, don't we, so many times throughout the Bible. Here's one example, Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong, be of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of the enemies. For the Lord your God, he's the one who goes with you. That was true of them. And Christian, that's true of you, as you're bound to Christ. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. And not only that, but you have the promise of the one who you're bound to, that one day, after this time on earth is done, your struggles will forever disappear. Revelation 21.4 And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain for those former things have passed away. And not only that, but you have the certain hope that your eternal home is waiting and that your compassionate king, he'll be the one to meet you there and welcome you in. 2 Corinthians 5.1 For we know that our earthly house, this tent, when that's destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, in the heavens. 
bearing Christ's yoke is not like bearing that yoke of your own religious duty. Because you can't ever work your way into God's favour. Only Jesus can by cleaning you and bringing you into God's favour himself. Relying on Christ's yoke is not like relying on the yoke of your own wisdom and pride. Because you can never captain your own destiny. You can never solve this hostility that you have created between you and God. Only Jesus can. And so God accepts you and adopts you, not on the basis of how good you are to him or how much you've achieved for him, but he looks to the thing that you're bound to. And if he looks at you and sees, they're bound to my son, then he treats you as he treats him. And what does Jesus say is the end of of you taking his yoke? What is the result you experience when you take his yoke? We find rest for our souls through the salvation and the forgiveness, the justification that he's secured for us. So what yoke is it that you're bound to at the moment? What is it that your life is tied to? What is it that your life is defined by? Is it causing you stress and pain and difficulty? Aren't you longing for something that is easy and light? Something that isn't troublesome or worrying or complicated or arduous or oppressive? His yoke alone is the easy yoke. His burden alone is the light burden. Now maybe you are tied to him. Maybe you have taken his yoke. But maybe you need to remember and rediscover how easy and light it really is. Maybe you need to remind yourself that it is a rest that is totally satisfying. Not just satisfying on Sundays. Not just satisfying when you're with Christians. Not just satisfying when it's easy. It's totally satisfying. And it's satisfying in two ways. It satisfies your heart. And it satisfies God's justice. Not only is it totally satisfying to your heart, knowing that you've now found the answer and you've been united to your creator as his adopted son, but it's also totally satisfying to God's justice. Since God uh, tells us in Romans 3.26 that he's now the just one and also the justifier of those who have faith, in Christ. And so for you, maybe as well as relearning how totally satisfying the rest is, maybe you need to be refreshed in your joy over how wonderful, how humble, how gentle, 
the rest giver himself is. You see, your burden is totally ruinous, isn't it? That's your first reason to be convinced that you need to be content in Jesus' rest. And what's your second reason? That the rest is totally satisfying and the rest giver is totally wonderful. Are you convinced yet? Well, if not, here's your third reason. The offer is totally matchless. Have you ever been to Tesco or Sainsbury's or Aldi? It's interesting because Tesco and Sainsbury's run something called the Aldi price match where they basically say, why go to Aldi when you could come to us for the same thing at the same price? They sell products you'd find at Aldi for the same price that Aldi has them. Why would you go to Aldi when you can come to me? You know, you'll never, wherever you look, find anything that can price match what Jesus offers. It cannot be matched. See, Jesus' way isn't merely one valid option out of many you could pick. Jesus' way isn't just even the best of the bunch. Jesus' way is the only way. It's totally matchless and totally means totally. There is no other way that comes close. There's no other religion that comes close. There's no other philosophy that comes close. In a world full of religions and beliefs and ideas, there's only one bridge to God that doesn't collapse. And it's the one that he set up himself. There's only one answer that solves the problem. There's only one treasure worth anything. Now, those of us who do believe, those of us who have taken that yoke, we can easily agree that that is true. All of us would agree that there's nothing like Jesus' rest, wouldn't we? But the question is, today, on the 20th of March, 2022, am I content in that rest? Or do I find myself, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally, looking to other places today to feel a calm and, and a peace and a comfort that I'm longing for? Do I find myself price matching the gospel with other things in the world? Maybe you've had a long, taxing, hard day. What, what is the ultimate thing that you're looking forward to in that day? What is the ultimate thought that reassures your heart in that day? 
Yesterday I did a charity walk with some students from school that was meant to last just over two hours. Six hours later, I arrived home. I was tired, I was weary, I was weak. What was the thought getting me through the weariness? What is your overarching thought, the overarching feeling in your soul that you rest upon, that picks you up? Are you looking forward to time with your family? Are you looking forward to your bed? Are you looking forward to a meal? Are you looking forward to just downtime? Of course, all of those things are good, necessary. But are they the things that you've become content with? If you didn't have those things, could you still be content? What is it that you're standing on now? Right now? What is it? As a believer, yes, you stand on the unshakable rock of Christ's rest, but are you content with your feet just on that rock alone? Or, or do you keep with you little footstools that you rely on and prop yourself up on? Remember Jesus' parable of the hidden treasure? Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Jesus' way, his yoke, his rest, his kingdom is like this precious shining gem and when it was found by the man in the story for the joy that filled his heart over this treasure he willingly gladly gave up any other thing every single item in his life in order to gain this treasure he let go of every other footstool he could prop himself upon so that his feet could just rest on the rock. He didn't even consider trying to price match what he had found with everything he currently had because he knew where the value was. So looking at your own life, believer, does your heart match your head? Do your desires match the doctrines? Do your feelings agree with the facts? Jesus' offer is totally matchless. Is that the ultimate thought that you'd think of today to reassure you the most out of everything in the world? Are you tired? My goal this morning has been to those of you who are believers and those of you who are not yet believers to be content to rest in Christ. 
And we've seen three reasons. My three attempts to gain your confidence in him and what he's offering. First, your burden is totally ruinous. Don't you know that? The weight of our souls when we're far from Christ, have you felt that? Whether you're currently bound to your own religious duty or whether you're currently bound to your own wisdom and pride, you don't have to bear either of them anymore because there's a lighter, easier yoke. And if you have taken his yoke, never forget how ruinous those old yokes were. Don't try and put a hand to them and pull them along on your journey with Christ. Empty your hands, let them go. Rest in and rely on the purest, truest yoke. Because it's not one you've just fashioned for yourself. It's the one that God has provided for you. And second, that rest is totally satisfying and the rest giver is totally wonderful. It's the only thing that can make you right with God. It's the only thing that can wash away your sin. The only thing that can rid you of your guilt. The only thing that can end your search for meaning. We can lose sight of what we have so easily, can't we? We have eternal life, completely undeservedly, and yet it's been granted to us by such a wonderful saviour who we trust in. But even when, as we're walking with Christ's yoke, being bound to him, even when we lose sight of what we're doing, even when we lose focus of who he is, even when our feet slip and give way, even when we have moments where we choose to step out of line, we never fall, never to get back up again. Why? Because we're not alone. We're not the only one carrying the yoke. We're bound to the unfailing one. But even when we fall, even when we slip, even when we stumble, even when we don't see him as he truly is, even when we don't do as we truly should, we know that it's right and fitting and smoother and sweeter to make every effort to walk in step with him. We know that, don't we? To learn from him so that finally, one day, we will enter that wonderful place of rest in his kingdom. And third, the offer is totally matchless. Where can you ever go to find a promise as marvelous as this? It can never be done. Where can you go to find something as stable and unshakable 
and reliable as this to give rest to your souls. You'll never be able to do it. You couldn't even imagine up something greater than this. Try it. You can't. So then why would we waste our time price matching the gospel with things in the world? Why would we overlook the great foundation that we stand upon to stand on lesser things? Maybe in looking at your own life this morning, maybe you've become discouraged by the things you're currently resting in. You know what? You should be filled with hope. Because you are the exact kind of person Jesus is speaking to in the first place. You are the exact kind of person Jesus wants to listen to him and come to him and be comforted anew by him. Are you tired? Will you not therefore come to him? Will you come to him by trusting and believing, you who are wearied and burdened? And will you receive his rest? Will you take his yoke upon you and learn from him? He's gentle and humble in heart. And you will, you will find rest for your souls because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. In this last hymn that we're going to sing, it gives us the words of Jesus in each verse, but then it also gives us our response. So Jesus says, I am the rest, I am water, I am light. But the verses also say, I therefore rest, I therefore drink, I therefore look. As we sing, ask yourself, is my soul still sitting in the same place as it was before I ever heard this? Or have I heard him and now come to him and delight in him and respond as I ought? <laughs>